Project A Podcast. Thank you for listening in and welcome everyone to another episode of the Project A Podcast. My name is Simon. As you probably know, I'm Project A's Chief Brand Officer and I'm really happy that it's again my turn today to host our Founders Podcast. A few weeks ago, in the last episode I had the pleasure of hosting, I talked to Finn Hensel, the founder of the Sanity Group. And then, just a few days after the release of the episode, Finn was elected Founder of the Year by Deutsche Startups. Although I don't think that it was only because of our podcast, congratulations once again, Finn. I hope you're out, out there listening. Finn and I talked in the podcast about the brand market fit. So about minimal viable branding and how to position, to design and introduce a new brand. So generally aspects of brand and branding that are especially relevant for early stage startups. Today, we'd like to focus rather on the later stage startups, the so-called scale-ups. In this stage, as far as brand and branding are concerned, there are, among others, especially two questions that are interesting. The first one is how must the brand evolve when the company grows? And the second one, of course, is how can the brand help to drive this growth. These two questions I'd like to discuss today with David Notaker. Thank you very much, David, for joining me today. It's really great having you. Thanks for having me, Simon. David is co-founder and CEO of Sender. Sender is one of Project A's portfolio companies, and we were not only lucky enough to invest into Sender quite early, we have also been supporting them in the last years in different areas, among them brand management. David received two masters, one from the London School of Economics and Political Science and one from INSEAD. He worked for five years as a strategy consultant for Roland Berger before funding Sender together with Julius Köhler and Nicola Scheffenacker uh, in 2015. In the last six years, so since the founding of Sender, Sender has grown to over 800 employees in seven international offices and not only became Europe's leading digital road freight forwarder, but also Germany's unicorn number 14, after having raised 160 million US dollars in Series D financing earlier this year. An incredible success. Congratulations one again to you, David, and of course to the entire team at Send. Despite this incredible success, there might be a few listeners out there who do not know Sender yet. David, can you please quickly tell our listener what Sender does? Sure. You mentioned it, Simon. We are a digital freight forwarder uh, with a focus on road logistics. So the first thing to understand is we are a logistics company, digitalizing logistics. And put in very, very simple terms, we are like an Uber for trucking or an Uber freight in Europe. Business model is super simple. On one side, we have large enterprise shippers, they're called Siemens, Scania, and so on, that have to move freight from A to B and need a dedicated big truck that moves only their load. And on the other side, we have small family-owned trucking companies that typically have five to 50 trucks, no digital processors. So what we do is we bring these two sides together, the Siemens, which is small trucking companies, and do not only use a marketplace approach, but go a step further, which means with a contractual partner and a single point of contact to both the Siemens and the small trucking companies. So like Flixbus that maybe few of you know, we repackage a service, these trucking companies, so that the touch and feed is as if the trucks belong to us, but send this completely asset light and does not hire any drivers, just like Flixbus. Seems to be a promising business model. 
So if you look back the last five years of Sender, as I already said, have been an incredible success story. What do you think is the secret? What are the drivers of Sender's success? Or to put it the other way around, how did you achieve what you have achieved? Well, luck is probably the first driver of success and probably an incredible team, uh, the second driver of success. Sender started as a university project. And uh, when I moved to Berlin after my graduation from INSEAD, I thought I did my homework. I thought I figured everything out and I just had to implement the idea that I developed throughout the MBA. Throughout the MBA. It took me one year to realize that this first idea was not working. We didn't have a single customer. And then I was lucky to find another uh, um, uh, angel investor. I was lucky to find two new co-founders. I was lucky to then restart Sender 2.0, the business model that I just described, 18 months after yeah, launching Sender 1.0. Okay, so and beside luck, what do you think? Maybe luck was uh, one of the drivers or one of the reasons for success at the early beginning, so pivoting and then having the success. But maybe if you look back just the recent two, three years, what do you think, what did you... What did you make better than others? What is why, what is the secret of the success? Probably operational excellence. Like especially in the first few years of operations, we did not reinvent the logistic wheel. We just were better at doing what other companies such as Kuna Nagel, DB Schenker have been doing for many, many years. So the way we are doing it uh, was, was different. And this was the operational excellence that was mainly driven by a few very, very smart and um, uh, amazing uh, people that managed to succeed both on the product and tech side, changing the way we operate digitally, and on the other side, a very, very strong team on the operational side that helped kickstart the digitalization process and it helped also to jump in whenever technology was either not ready yet or not adopted or not working. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree. So this uh, excellence in execution is definitely an important driver of your success. And also from this, let's say, semi-outsider perspective I have, I really think that uh, despite the huge success, you never lost your founding spirit. So the founding spirit of Sender, you didn't uh, lose, lose it and nor did the team. And do you think that this is uh, also a source of your success? And if so, how did you manage to not losing this founding spirit? I fully agree. And I think the reason um, that or something that, re that shows this is the fact that Nico, Julius and I, three co-founders, are still, let's say, fighting together and working together um, after living together almost two years and building, you know, especially the first phase of Sender, um, where we closely um, um, uh, together. Um, um, so I think the fact that we managed to all evolve together and 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 and, and uh, share this message also with the company and then hire also the right people that embraced this attitude and this mindset um, is what allowed us to to keep this entrepreneurial and and, and founder spirit throughout Sender. So uh, now let's maybe focus a little bit more on the topic of brand and branding. If you once again look back, how did the Sender brand evolve over these last years of, let's call it, galactical growth? So did you change the brand's positioning or its visual design along the way? Or is it still the brand as it used to be when you founded the company? 
there's definitely an evolution and to be honest we are yet not done with the next step of evolution i feel like that we went from our teenage years uh, before the acquisition of uber freight to now the young adulthood and this also means that the brand has to evolve for me brand is not only um uh, a brand customer shipper facing so the siemens facing but also brand facing carriers, so the trucking companies that are the most difficult part uh, to source today, um, uh, and uh, as well as to our employees. And I think on all these fronts, uh, three fronts, we are definitely maturing, becoming a more, let's say, proficient uh, brand uh, with a more proficient value proposition, starting from being able to do everything for everyone, more or less, um, to now saying, okay, we specialize, we only can do a couple of things really, really well, um, uh, and uh, uh, also sharpening the messaging of this communication is what allowed us to yeah, evolve, or we're still in the process, but this is what uh, where, where, how the brand is evolving. So you would say that uh, the Sender brand today is much more focused than it used to be. So along the way, you sharpened the brand uh, after you have seen what is successful and what is needed. Absolutely, that's definitely uh, 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 the case. When when we started, I still remember the the three words we used to describe Sender was faster, smarter, cheaper, and greener. So it was actually four, and it was everything. And today we realize that uh, the two things we were focusing on is quality. That's what matters, and we're adding now the green dimension to it because also the market evolved it was it's not just send as a company but the awareness um of, of, of greener logistics is now coming down in organization three four five years ago it was really at the top management sea level um and now we're seeing that even the the logistic departments the buyers of logistic services have a mandate have a budget have targets to become greener and so also here's something that uh, it's evolving um so we started from saying we can do everything and to saying okay we we focus on one thing which is quality coming from this operational excellence we we discussed and now slowly adding and evolving it greener and, and also more mature okay you said when you described sender that you are a platform business so that means that the sender brand is at the end of the day a platform brand and has to be let's call it equally appealing to the shipper side as well as the carrier side when you now think about this let's call them core values, which is set or core messages. So the quality on one side and the green, being green on the other side. So are there uh, differences between the shipper side and the carrier side, or are both of these values equally important to both of the, both sides of your platform? The quality side is definitely more important uh, and um, to the shipper, so the, the Siemens, um, the, the green aspect as well. Um, but I think, on the carrier side, so there's a third dimension I would add, which is technology uh, component, um, uh, operating in a different way, not only in the interaction with sender, so for the carriers, the business that they do with sender, but also the way they operate the entire business. All the trucks that also do not run for sender can be managed in a more proficient, efficient way on, on, on the sender platform. So I would say that the green and um, uh, the the quality aspect, very much focusing the shipper side and the technology and convenience side derives out of the technology uh, for the carrier side. 
So the, the, the brand is, is, is the same for both sides, but the perception or the focus uh, you put are, is slightly different from the carrier side to the shipper side. Exactly. I would say what they appreciate are different aspects of the same brand. Okay. Now you said how the, the brand helped externally to drive this, to drive this growth by really uh, focusing on this important aspect. But earlier you said that this excellence in execution as well as the, the let's say, the startup, the founding spirit, which could be uh, perceived as brand values as well, are also very important in order to explain uh, Sender's recent success. So uh, how did the, the Sender brand help maybe also internally to drive uh, this growth? I think you can divide that internally on, on three different dimensions. There's the entire hiring process and where we have a face towards potential uh, applicants. And then we have the onboarding process, which is the first week within Sender. And then we have um, um, the growth within Sender. And I think the brand has to reflect different um, uh, parts uh, across these three different steps. I think in, in, the, in, the, in the first phase where we have to attract, where we need inbound leads, it's about showing an exciting work environment with very interesting and challenging problems that we're solving. I think in the onboarding part, which at Sender starts with the Send Academy, which is one week, but effectively takes three months. I think this, um, the values that define us, this operational excellence, this entrepreneurial thinking, I think um, is, uh, is presented to everyone that joins and everyone has an opportunity to understand where we're coming from. We share all the story about you know, how everything started and didn't work and workshops around that and what our values are and so on. And then the, and the third part is to give um, also perspective where this can take uh, from a curriculum. If someone works for Sender, um, this can open doors down the road. Uh, a couple of months ago, I for the first time saw that a former employee that decided to, to, to start his own startup had as a LinkedIn title, Ex sender, um, uh, I was, I was, I have to be honest, I was quite, quite happy and proud of, of that. But this shows that um, also employees that uh, that spend time with us for a long time to see the value of what they learn and also the perception of, of, of the labor market outside of senders as, as being a quality um, opportunity where where employees can learn and evolve. That's interesting because that re reflects as well what we are experiencing in, in other startups as well. So as far as growth is concerned, uh, the brand plays an important role, but not only externally, but also internally. And now if you look back at uh, 2015, when you started uh, Sender as a small startup in Berlin-Kreuzberg, and now you are active all over Europe. You have uh, international offices, amongst others, in France, Italy, the Netherlands, Poland. So this uh, is the sender brand in all these countries, in all the countries you are operating. Is it the same or are there differences? It's one brand across all companies. Last year, we did two acquisitions and one big joint venture. Um, uh, we acquired Uber Freight, the European business, we acquired Everroad, our French competitor, and we did a very interesting joint venture in Italy with Post Italiana. And our motto was for the post merger integration was one company, which meant one platform, one team, and one brand. And I think in all of these markets um, and with all of these transactions, we managed to fulfill 
all three dimensions um, uh, and also changed um, the uh, the branding of the local entities because we are building a European champion in road trade. And the only way to build a European road trade champion is to have the same value proposition and the same strength in all the different markets. And this is why Senda is the same across um, uh, across Europe. Of course, every team has a slightly different flair uh, when they present and pitch Senda, but I think the core uh, uh, values, the foundation of the brand is exactly the same across, uh, across Europe. Okay, and so the brand positioning is the same, what makes sense uh, as far as I think. Uh, but is also the visual identity, is it the same? Is it called Sender all over Europe or uh, are uh, some of the acquisitions, do they have other names? So we rebranded all the acquisition. Uber Freight is now Sender um, uh, Benelux. Our Everroad team is now uh, Sender France. Um, our Italian operations are called Sender Italia. So we touch to Sender always the name of either the region or the country they operate in. Um, we just acquired last week a company in, in the Netherlands, another company called Cars and Cargo. And also here we have set a plan to evolve from the current branding respectively into converging into Sender. It's always a quite emotional um, topic and discussion that you have with the teams, with the founders, because Afraid was a very strong brand, very black. We are very orange, and you know, uh, it was it was difficult to get the, the transition done. Um, the the um, uh, also the Evero team, French brand, very proud of what they have accomplished. Also here was not tricky. It was not easy to to convert that. But the interesting thing is that once you explain what the brand stands for, and once you have some successes that you celebrate together like with Everroad we did the Uber Freight acquisition and then with Uber Freight we did our Series D so we had a lot of highlights and every time you have these highlights and these moment, uh, moments where, where you come together as one company it becomes much much easier in fact in, uh, with Everroad where, where we had planned I think a two-year transition from Everroad to Sender, first Everroad by Sender, then Sender by Everroad, and then Everroad, we accelerated the timeline and moving directly from Everroad by Sender to Sender France by after 10 months. And this was actually a very interesting a request that came from the local team. They said, we want to accelerate. We think it makes, uh, makes sense. And it shows that at the beginning, very emotional, and I understand that every brand has a lot of memories and there's a lot of a sentimental attachment. But then if you explain what uh, the new brand stands for, and, and if you have successes that you celebrate together as one company, um, uh, you can move quickly towards converging into one single uh, brand across different uh, companies and, and, and teams that, that you bring on board. Yeah, I think this is an important aspect. So uh, when you are as successful as you are, all the employees, regardless where they are working, if they are in France or in the Netherlands or in Italy, want to be part of this success. And therefore, it makes a lot of sense to that the company is called all over Europe the same, that sender and it's a success story. Okay, I, I know, since we know each other, I know that you are one of the only few founders that really care about brand building and branding. So uh, compared to other countries, especially the Anglo-Saxon ones, brand is not really a topic ranking 
uh, high on founders' priority list here in Germany. Rather, the opposite is the case, I think. Most founders are somewhat hesitant when it comes to brand and branding. So do you have an explanation for that? I always thought the brand as something more than a brand. It's a way of working, a way of living, a way of cooperating. Um, and I think this is why we all embraced the topic of branding slightly differently maybe than a couple of other founders. Um, uh, you cannot see me right now, but uh, uh, I'm fully branded also today when, uh, 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 you know, when, when I dress. And I think a lot of other people in the company as well. So it's also acting a bit of a, as an example and say, hey, we really live what the brand stands for within the company and having a lot of people that do the same is what keeps this understanding um, of what Sender stands for uh, within a company, even though we added 500 people um, over the past year through Corona, during Corona, and I uh, didn't have a chance to personally meet a majority, if not all, of, of, of the team members that we added. Yeah, I think that's that, that's maybe one important difference. Yeah, when you when you just uh, when for for someone the brand is let's say just the logo or the visual identity of the company, then of course it's not ranking that high on the priority list. But as you just said, when you perceive or when you see or when you when your understanding of brand and branding means that brand is the kind of operating system of a company and the incremental part of a company's business model, then of course it makes sense to really uh, put the emphasis on branding as well and be brand conscious from the early beginning. But this is probably also why, because we are so attached, and I'm the first one, maybe so I'm a, uh, I'm a bit biased. But I have a feeling that a few people in a company uh, have the same spirit. We never rebranded or, 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 or changed everything. We we downgraded a little bit uh, the orange <laughs> uh, in, in our communication, the visual communication. Everything was very orange. And our office uh, also uh, here and there quite orange. Um, but um, because we, we, we attach so many memories and, and, and so much to the brand, uh, for me, it would be also difficult uh, to, um, yeah, to change it uh, because, again, it's part of who we are um, and there's so many memories that, uh, that we touch. Uh, a lot of people in the company are touched to it. Yeah, I think, of course, so the, the, the color of orange uh, at, at the very beginning, to be honest, it made a lot of sense because we were this small company from Kreuzberg disrupting the big logistic market. And then, okay, a, a color like orange makes sense. Now, maybe five years later, and you said that you put the emphasis also a little bit towards green, not to say that you should now change the brand color, but uh, you said that you slightly uh, put the emphasis a little bit away from the orange. Uh, hey, now you're the European market leader, so uh, maybe you changed a little bit. Okay, so, but many founders and executives, and you, you just explained it, you are a B2B company, so you, on one side you have the shippers, on the other side you have the carriers. So now many founders and executives of B2B companies, they often argue that branding is especially relevant to B2C, so to the business to consumer market, and not really in B2B. As I know you, I know that you would disagree to that. But where do you see the main differences between B2C and B2B branding? It's a very good question. It's, it's I think, two different animals. And I think also within B2B marketing, one has to differentiate between a more transactional B2B marketing, yeah, where we acquire always new business customers, and 
um, uh, uh, a B2B marketing that addresses long-term relationship where it's more contractual for long-term kind of business. Um, we focus very much on the contractual side. So we build a brand and um, a story that we tell over longer period of times where it also takes significantly more time to explain what we stand for and also for the receiving party to really understand and trust a brand, um, uh, um, uh, especially in an industry like logistics, where there's a, a lot of companies and um, uh, uh, not always delivering on, on, on the promises that they have. Um, the, the tricky part on the other side is that the correlation between the marketing investment that you do and the output is not always as immediate as maybe in some forms of B2C marketing where you say, okay, this is how much I invest and this is the conversion, this is what comes out on the other side. We sign contracts for one, two, three years. So sometimes it really takes one, two, three years to see whether we positioned and, and, and sold our brand and our story in, 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 in the best possible way. But would you say that uh, if you look at your market, so the logistic market, that having a strong brand is already puts you apart from the competition so uh, meaning that having a brand is already an advantage compared to others because you're in a very fragmented market uh, and i think a lot of your competitors they don't have a strong brand do you think that the fact that you have a strong brand already helps you achieving uh, your goals for sure especially if you look at stakeholders that go beyond ship and carriers um, if you look at employees we quickly discuss that but also investors and we managed to raise a lot of money also because we built a very strong brand in the European lock tech industry. Um, but I think also on the ship and carrier side, it's extremely important. On the shipper side, on the seaman side, we are the new digital opportunity that everyone looks at in a very skeptical way. Say, yes, but you know, we've been operating 20, 30 years exactly the same way. Why should we try that? And it helps to position us, okay, try us out. And there's nothing to lose in the first step. Um, you, you you can continue to operate the way you, you do before you see the benefits and then gradually start adopting our technology. And also on the carrier side, uh, I think carriers um, uh, are struggling uh, more and more, especially the, the corona year showed how difficult it is to be a truck driver. You drive around three, four weeks, they close the bathrooms and showers. You didn't know whether you could go back home in your home country. You need to be tested, not tested. And I think... Um, uh, uh, understanding all of these things and supporting carriers with paying faster, allowing them to upload invoices that they send to com our competitors or directly generate these invoices on our platform and get also that money within three days. And a few other things that we did in order to support our carriers in these difficult times also made um, uh, a huge, uh, huge difference. So, and this was thanks to the, the brand that we created, especially on the carrier side, where people understood, okay, Send is a brand and a company that supports us rather than squeezing out every single cent um, out of every single transport. So I think um, uh, to summarize on the people side, definitely had an impact on the investor side also. Otherwise, we would have not been able to raise our Series D. Um, on the carrier side, we're seeing this more and more as being a partner of choice. And this is something that 
um, yeah, the carrier community is, is is discussing. On the shipper side, probably need a little bit more time. It definitely helps to be this digital player that you can test and see hey, what is going on and how is the industry moving forward um, and probably take another few months, maybe one or two years until also on the shipper side, we clearly um, uh, position ourselves as, uh, as, 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 as a no-brainer opportunity that uh, everyone should test and try. Okay, thank you for that. So we, we already said it several times. So the last five years of Sender has been an unbelievable success story. But now if we look into the future, how will the story go on? Where do you see Sender in five years from now? And what's the brand's vision? What, uh, how, what's the brand's role in order to uh, bring this vision to life? The brand definitely has to evolve. But the one thing that excites me about Sender, as, as, as you mentioned, I didn't come from logistics and fell in love with logistics. And I'm super excited about the next five to 10 years for the simple reason that logistics is an industry that is huge, fragmented, inefficient, and most importantly, would fundamentally change the way it operates over the next five to 10 years. The new technologies coming in, autonomous trucks, I think, uh, a lot of people have been discussing it. I really believe that in the next five, maybe 10 years, we're going to see autonomous trucks from the highway entry to the highway exit. We're still having traditional trucks doing the last mile from highway to warehouse, from warehouse back. But when that happens, there's a transitioning, a transition happening. A lot of players in this industry have to reinvent their business model. If you take our investor and truck manufacturer, Scania, they sell 70, 80% to companies that have fewer than 10, 20, 30 trucks. And if we know that with autonomous trucks, these small companies will slowly phase out. They won't be able to buy a truck. The ownership will sell with the manufacturer operator. If the truck kills someone, definitely the small carrier is not responsible. They won't be able to hire, hire a driver and manage a driver, the value add, and they won't be able to optimize costs by changing the oil at the neighbor shop because it's a high-tech machine. So I think that a lot of companies will have to reinvent their business model because a lot of them, like the truck manufacturer, will lose one side of the business. The, um, and I think this represents a unique opportunity to position Sender um, as really the innovator. We're building two things. We're building the operating system to orchestrate, uh, orchestrate uh, the, the operational side, to combine loads and trucks autonomous and non-autonomous, and building the customer and also carrier relationship um, uh, uh, to, to, to bring everything together. And I think knowing that this transformation is coming and knowing that we are building a few components of this evolution of the industry um, will allow us to position Sand as a brand as even more as a, as a, as a more tech and digital player uh, than it is today. And what do you think will drive this transformation? So is it rather the brand and its vision that then drives the transformation and you start building a product that somehow fulfills the brand's vision? Or do you rather think it's the other way around that you start first building up this new product that uh, so the, to, to do the transformation from a product perspective and then building the brand positioning upon this new product? I think it's a product, it's a second one, um, even though maybe the first option sounds a bit cooler. Uh, but the way this industry operates is that it takes time. People are very skeptical. And so you have first you have to build a product, show the advantage, and then change the perception of it. I think uh, for us, 
um, uh, the the game changer in in our position will be when we will read on uh, a couple of newspapers that we don't have any longer any barilla pasta in German supermarkets because there are no trucks, um, no truck drivers that want to drive trucks from Italy to to Germany. One of the biggest problems in logistics, no one is aware. There's not enough truck drivers. We're missing two hundred fifty thousand truck drivers. And once that happens, I think policymaker will start changing the way they look at autonomous, maybe understanding that instead of losing votes, they gain votes because a truck driver can sleep at home when they only have to drive from the warehouse to the highway and back. And I think this is where we're then going to see a boost in the technology value proposition that Send is developing and then also maybe an evolution of our brand positioning. So thank you very much, David, for having been my guest today. Thank you very much for your time and for your answers. Uh, Thank you very much out there for listening in. And I hope you liked today's episode. If so, please subscribe to the Project A podcast. Every second week, we get in the founder's shoes and speak about the things that really matter when starting a scale or scaling up a wedge. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks, guys.